Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, again, as I said yesterday, Doug McCary is out for the week, and we are joined by Brad Sykes. Uh, so happy to have him in the studio, the original SWAT radio guy. Him and Doug uh, started this thing, what, five years ago? Six that, years ago? Does that classify me as the OG? Yeah, yeah. The it's, original I've, guy. I've said it before, it. the OG. <laughs> the OG. Uh, we will be looking at uh, Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60 uh, here in a bit. But first, we're going to talk a little bit about what's been going on uh, just in each other's lives and around the world. So what's new? Oh, man. You know, before I get too far into our broadcast today, yesterday you and I were here, as is always the case, love coming in, just chatting. That means the same thing with Doug. I mean, so I've shared with many guys over the years that a lot of the best broadcasts are the fellowship that we get to enjoy afterwards. Just yeah. kind of checking up, seeing how we're doing. Some of that does come out on the air, as a matter of fact. Uh, but a lot of times it's the mics are turned off, the doors closed, and we're just having a great conversation. I didn't share with you yesterday, but when I left here yesterday, I was going to a uh, kind of a prayer vigil uh, for a, a dear friend of my youngest daughter, Hannah. Uh, so her good friend, Heather, who they pretty much grew up together in the church, Heather is in a battle with cancer, and she's 20. And uh, just my heart's just breaking for the Ellis family. I'm just going to mention them. And if you if, if you're listening, um, I know the Ellis family would cherish your prayers for their daughter Heather. Um, anyway, they're just an awesome family. And uh, so anyway, we had a get together at Fort Caroline Baptist Church last night. A get together, just a a time of prayer. Mm. And uh, boy, people from all over the city showed up. That's awesome. Um, to just pray. That's all we were there to do, just pray. And uh, pray privately, pray collectively. Um, and uh, they they gave us this handout, and I've, I've had it with me all day, and I've kind of been looking at it, praying for Heather as the day goes. And there's just some amazing um, uh, just scriptures that came to um, came on this page, and I'm just loving going through this. So I just wanted our listeners to, we don't do that enough. I feel like you know, sometimes we've got burdens we're carrying. Mm. We we know people who are carrying burdens, and we if we're the body of Christ, we're to bear the burdens together. Yeah. And I think the best way we can do that is in prayer for people. So that's what's going on in my world. But uh, good to be with you, brother. Yeah. I'm gl- like I said, glad to have you in. Uh, you've been keeping up on the news or anything uh, going on today? I've been pretty busy. It's the end of the school year, you know, so kids trying to make sure their grades look how they want them to doing a lot of last second grading stuff like that so uh so is that something that you have to do do they have access to email through you i mean can i email you and stuff like that yeah yeah that's yeah. cool and they got and then you know they we have a like um office number mm-hmm. so that, you know they can talk uh, that way as well and yeah so been a, a lot of communication kids uh last second trying to get the grades up and now are you uh, doing virtual only or are you yeah, doing in mm-hmm. class okay yeah and, and this is a, a program where 
the it's like asynchronous so the students right. they work uh, at their own pace right you know but then some you, you 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 can take retakes and so some of them have retakes from like a long time ago that they <laughs> uh, haven't taken advantage of yet so like setting those up for kids has been most of what i've been doing and just, uh, is that through the public school system mm-hmm. yes, it is through okay. Duval. Yeah. yeah gotcha yeah, gotcha so it's uh cool this, this is my first year doing it but uh it's been pretty cool and you know been home a lot you know and uh get to see my baby grow so i know which i great. got to see yesterday for the first time in the flesh yeah both your wife and your daughter yeah i so, didn't realize you hadn't met my wife yeah, yeah yeah you know it's just uh, uh all, all the circumstances that we're living in right now we think we've seen somebody we haven't seen somebody and uh, yeah by the way i was I've, I've been meaning to ask you and uh i'd love to have your dad in here but we haven't talked much about the jaguars Oh yeah, I'm sure you and Doug talked about it, but no, I, mean, I mean, not really. You know, you talking about Tim Tebow? Well, what are we thinking about Trevor Lawrence? What are we thinking oh. about Tim Tebow? Matter of fact, I saw Trevor Lawrence at church on Sunday. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I was coming out, and uh, he was kind of there, I think, with his wife. And you know, he, he's 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 not easily missed. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. But fortunately, I, w- I was glad to see he didn't have a bunch of people around him. Mm. You know, people were just kind of letting him be. So that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to see that. Yeah, but I, th- I think that's cool. I think he's going to be good for the Jags. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll see. And you know, with uh, Urban uh, being in the city, we'll see how he does. He's had great success, obviously, throughout his college coaching career. So, um, be interesting to see if that'll translate to the pros. That doesn't always uh, translate over, but you know, sometimes it does, or sometimes it. Like with uh, Pete Carroll, he he went to New York. My dad mm-hmm. was there and didn't do so well, but then in seattle it was great so you know it'll be interesting to see uh how they progress obviously they were not... he needed more time in california right? <laughs> yeah yeah uh but yeah not not great for the jags last year so they're hoping to improve on that so we'll see what happens see how it goes uh in tebow that's an interesting I, I feel like that was something 10 years ago that people have been saying around here oh just get him on you know get him on the roster you know right. people will come to the games and stuff like that so I don't know. Who knows? We'll see what he can do at tight end. Um, it's been interesting, though, to see the hate he's gotten, um, really, on, on account of his race uh, more than anything. And it's just kind of like... Really? Oh, okay, well, yeah. So well, because Colin Kaepernick. <clears throat> so it's, oh, well, you know, yeah. Ka- oh, Kaepernick yeah. doesn't, didn't, hasn't gotten re-signed, and Tebow has. And, you know, obviously missing that <laughs> the particulars <laughs> of what has gone on. And, uh, you know, if Tebow make the team, that'd be pretty cool for him. We'll see if he does. And if you can make that transition to tight end or not. But, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's, uh, it, I think it's bringing a buzz to the city a little bit of people kind of tentatively getting like, oh, let's see what's, what's going to happen next year. But Well, I, 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 I know Timmy, and I think whether he's cut out to be tight end or not, who knows? I guess we'll see. But I, I, I think it's um, – I don't think it's a good idea to question his character. <laughs> or question his work ethic. A oh, guy yeah. will work you under the table. Yeah. Now, whether he's got the, the talent, the giftings to be able to compete for that role, we'll see. I think the biggest question isn't, well, for me, is well, I know it, for you, it's is, not. But. Is the uh, age? You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. it, you know, he's a little older and been out of the, the out of the league for a while. Obviously, he's been doing other things, playing baseball and stuff like that, and to see how you know the hitting will take right. a toll on his body and stuff. But I think you know if he had have done that, like. You know, however long ago, he'd probably still be playing tight end right. somewhere. I, right. I, I don't, I don't question his ability uh, to do that to make that transition. 
but it's just now as you get older, your body, you, you know, changes. It's not like right. when you were young and in those hits, Trust you me, know, they, know. Hurt, they hurt more, yeah. you know, the older you get. So, uh, you know, and especially, you know, a long time out uh, from getting hit like that, it'll be, it'll be uh, an adjustment, but not one that I think, you know, yeah, like you say, you shouldn't count them out. Uh, right. Like he, that he would be unable to make that happen, but we'll, well see how it goes. You know, I'll tell you what, as a, as a person who's run a number of businesses, you know, it, we, some of us who are sports fans, we often forget the fact that it's a business and, mm. and there's a lot of factors in a business. And I've, I've hired people that probably weren't the greatest for their particular role, but the impact they had from a leadership standpoint, uh, far outweighed their skill level to mm, produce mm-hmm. to the bottom line. So sometimes I think it's important that we understand, even though, you know, um, I think he, he does have to step up and, and, and fill that role if it's needed on the team. But maybe there's some other, you know, things that he can have an impact on. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, it'll probably have an impact on seating because people love Tebow. I think his jersey sales skyrocketed. But uh, also what the impact will be in the locker room because I think, you know, um, a couple years ago, obviously, oh, the great is going to have a great impact on the locker room. And I think that that's still the potential there. But with the heightened uh, heightened climate racially uh, that exists in the country and the locker rooms, I would imagine, I don't know anything about the Jaguars locker room, I would imagine they're, you know, maybe i hope not there but there could be resentment there i don't know who right. knows right. i just know that there's been players on other teams who've been saying stuff about right oh we're we're coming for him and stuff but i, I think that for the most part he's going to be a great addition to the locker room especially if he's able to contribute on the field um because you know he's a character guy and yes you know, people uh, people underestimate how valuable that is in a locker room right yeah I, mean, no, I, mean, I agree from my experience my, I was going to say you you have personal experience there. Your well, dad does too. You know, my dad has experience at that level. I don't have yeah. experience at, at that level, but just you know playing football uh, myself, you know growing up and stuff. There there is something to be said for a good leader and well, what but, they bring to a team. Not to bring up the Colin Kaepernick deal, but if that's the buzz that there's a bunch of grumbling going on, then then they have basically dismissed the fact that character plays any role. Well, yeah, the thing with Colin Kaepernick is he had an opportunity. The The NFL set up a workout just for him, mm-hmm. um, and, and he did not go to that workout. He skipped out on it, and then he went and did his own thing. And uh, people discount that. The, the NFL, he, they wanted to have him in there because, you know, now you, you don't get to say, oh, you know, we're racist for this or that. But also there's Nike had had a big deal with them. They, there was potential to make some money there for a certain set of people, he is the one who decided he did not want to play in the NFL and he mm-hmm. would rather go down the uh, social activist route. But, you know, people don't want to look at that. They want to say, oh, well, you know, it's a it's purely a racial thing and this is an example of white privilege. And I don't think that's uh, the case. I Personally, I, I just really don't. I think there's uh, other factors. And when you, like we talked about yesterday, when you bring down, you know, the factors to something to one, you know, a mono factor and it's the race factor, well, you're always going to see uh, racism, but if you're looking at the whole picture, there's a lot more to it than what's been made uh, out on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, so. no, I agree. So that's about all I know that's going on in the world. But thanks for <laughs> yeah. the update. Yeah, yeah. So stick with us. We will be back with more after the break. We'd like to like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, A Store and Window. 
as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.astore.com. Look down from a broken sky Traced out by the city lights My world from a mile high Best seat in the house tonight Touchdown in the cold black top Hold on for the sudden stop that is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, Doug McCary is out this week, but we are joined in the studio by Brad Sykes. So happy to have him in. You know, we got a little derailed talking about Tim Tebow. You know, he started talking about uh, football. And, and I wanted to bring up uh, something that I did see in the news just before we came in was a poll about young evangelicals and uh, their support for Israel has cratered from 75% to 34% in a new new survey. And I, you know that to me was, I guess, not too shocking because it's talking about young evangelicals and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what's been going on in, you know, the young culture as it is and how it's drifted more secular. But uh, just as a whole, it is still a pretty shocking, uh, a significant drop, and that's over a two-year period and I think it uh, exemplifies um, the danger uh, that having your kids tied into this culture represents, especially without uh, inculcating them uh, with a, a spiritual love for truth. Um, because y- you can do, you know, they, they call them, they, they, these are evangelicals, 18 to 29. So that means mm-hmm. they are at least professing, you know, uh, a biblical worldview and obviously i would say they get that from their parents but the the doubt for israel would seem to me to come from what they're surrounded with you know um on the everyday people their own age and what the world is telling them and without you know really being plugged into a a network of like-minded people who hold the same values and and know where to find the truth at. I, I think it's easy to see something like this happening where you, I'm an evangelical, but my understanding of what's going on in the Middle East has waned to the point that I don't support Israel when the Bible is pretty clear about 
you know, if you support Israel, uh, you will be blessed. So, uh, anyway, just want to kind of broach that just to talk about um, the need for discipleship and, and for community as the body of Christ. Well, as, as Doug and I for years and as you have continued to carry that baton uh, regarding SWAT, spiritual warriors advancing truth, uh, in fact, I was on the, I was on the phone driving over here just a little while ago, speaking with somebody, and uh, just talking about the uh, the the need, continuing to talk about the need of advancing truth. The, that we are warriors advancing truth, spiritual warriors advancing truth. Mentioned this yesterday. As a warrior, we know a warrior is somebody's going into war, mm-hmm. and there's there's a battle to be fought. Um, Unfortunately, many in the church today, and Doug has spoken to the statistics of how few people even even share Christ with people. I mean, that's the most basic of things that a believer would do mm-hmm. when they understand salvation, when they understand the redemptive, the reconciliation that's taken place, not on not on not something that we've achieved, but something that we've received. Through Christ, I talk about it a lot. That when you see a movie you like, you have a good meal at a new restaurant, whatever it is, we don't have any problem talking to people about it. And yet, for some reason, in the church today, we don't want to talk about Christ. We don't want to talk about disciple. We don't want to talk about the Word of God, Scripture. We don't want to talk about a biblical worldview. Those numbers are heartbreaking. I mean, they genuinely are. But that's because we're not teaching a biblical worldview. It, it's very, I guess it's myopic. We, we're looking at just a small mm. sliver of the world, and it, it really kind of only goes about four to six feet out from around your own self. <laughs> it's like, how's this impacting me? And so when people look at what's happening in Israel or the Middle East, they're completely clueless as to what's going on because – We've we've kind of put that on the back burner. We we didn't even put it on the back burner. We've thrown that in the garbage mm-hmm. and said, "Well, we're not gonna, we're not going to really talk about those things." Listen, that's that's part of discipleship. It's going through the entire text, the entire revelation of God's word. We love to isolate certain scriptures. I, I know we're going to look at Acts chapter seven today. We're going to isolate a certain text, but we're not going to leave it by itself. There's so much that supports what we're going to talk about. And, you know, unfortunately, most in the church, their only spiritual nourishment takes place for about 45 minutes on a Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, I think another thing that happens is that uh, that biblical worldview, like we're talking about, that the Bible, instead of making, uh, or giving, making Christ the Lord of every aspect of your life and every aspect of how you think, we don't really take that Christian perspective, that biblical worldview in, into our daily lives, so into how we uh, understand what's going on in the world. We basically just kind of have the Bible, like you say, set up for Sunday, and we don't really think about the way that we're thinking, if we're thinking through a biblical lens or not. And I think part of that is we may teach our kids about the Bible and teach them about the truth, but when the the culture at large is such that, um, you know, that's anti the gospel, it's like uh, the parable of uh, the sower, right? That when that uh, f- the uh, crops grow up, if they grow up in the weeds, they get uh, tangled up and die out, right? So instead of creating a protective uh, boundary 
around our kids, around mm-hmm. the youth, to where they are around like-minded people and, you know, kind of weeding out the the, right. the, <clears throat> the corruptive influences, it, no, no matter how much we uh, might try to instill in them, if they don't have people of the same age with the same mindset, stuff like this is going to happen. It's going to start to get uh, warped and twisted. Well, I'm glad you brought up, I mean, I think the, the imagery of, uh, of the garden or a plant you know, these aren't house plants. I think a lot of what we're experiencing now, what we're seeing now on college campuses, and really, quite frankly, a lot of workplaces is kind of a snowflake type mentality. Mm. You know, you said something that offends me. You know, I'm going to cancel you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a cancel culture. It's a woke culture. It's it's snowflakes. And, you know, we I wasn't raised that way. I know your parents, they didn't raise you that way. Steve over here in the next room wasn't raised that way. And, again, flawed parents. I'm a flawed parent. You're a flawed parent. I totally get that. But we're not raising houseplants here. We're, 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 we're raising mighty oaks. You know, if, we're, if we view the fact that the, the, the quivers, the arrows that are in your quiver or that God will put into your quiver have purpose. And what is the purpose? It's to launch them one day. And so from the time they're born to the time you launch them out into the world, you are sharpening the tip of that spear. You're, you're adjusting the feathers on the back of that, that arrow to make sure that thing flies straight. And not just that it flies straight, but it, it goes where it's aimed, and it also has maximum impact when it lands. When it, and we're shooting off arrows that haven't been sharpened, and uh, that's the discipleship process. It's, it's not a overnight thing. It's not a... Uh, great youth ministry thing it is make disciples teaching them to observe not some of what god commanded but all of what was commanded because it's all important whether you're looking at the old testament whether you're looking at the new testament uh, the epistle letters whatever it is it's all good i mean paul said it's all profitable for teaching reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that we might be the men you know, the men of God, that we might be adequately or fully equipped for every good work. So what is the good work that we're called to? It's to reach the lost people. But we're more concerned about ourselves than we are people who are destined to hell. I mean, (laughs) this very text we're going to look at today, here Stephen's getting stoned. He's still proclaiming the word of God. He still has a heart and a passion and a compassion for those that don't know him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's something like we've talked about continually that we need to cultivate in ourselves and in, in those around us and in, and in uh, the young that are coming after us, because that's the type of uh, mentality, the type of conviction that we are going to need uh, in the days to come. Well, we love, we love, we love Jesus as savior. We often don't want him as Lord, mm-hmm. you know, uh, walk an aisle, sign a card, get baptized, those are all good things, fine. But if he's not Lord, then he's not Savior. Yeah, and, and if if he's not King Jesus to you, yeah. then if Jesus is King, if he, if he reigns, that means you are to follow him and you are be, to be a good subject, and that's in every area of your life, right? That's not just, hey, I go to church, you know, I know the Bible, and I, but if you don't apply it to your life, if you don't live out your faith, um, and work out your faith in fear and trembling, 
well, you know, you're not submitting to the headship of headship of Christ, and by not doing that, you are subjecting yourself to the possibility of uh, instead of saying no king but Jesus, saying no to King Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. much as um, the Israelites did, they said we have no king uh, but Caesar. Right, we're in danger of doing that if we do not have Christ as the head and the Lord of our life. Well, and, and just to kind of just put a, a bow on this idea, you know, the importance of making disciples is that um, we're going to, we're losing generations in the church. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, those statistics that you spoke of, of young evangelicals, I don't even know what that means yeah. anymore. Yeah. I mean, in reality. Yeah. And, uh, you know we're 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 not making disciples. We 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 believe that that's somebody else's job, and yet by God's grace, He has equipped us or is equipping us. You know through the power of His of His Word, power of His Spirit, as we surrender to Him. How often I find myself across the table from somebody who's going through something that I've never been through, and I hesitate even speaking into that. But I'm to advance truth. I mean, I don't have to have experienced it to know that God is an answer to that issue. And, uh, boy, so often so much of the discipleship that takes place is happening because of a man who's been conformed to the world. Mm. He's listened to all the news and all that, and yet he hasn't really studied his his Bible. And uh, that's what's missing. What's missing, and, and we, we spoke about it a little yesterday, we talked about the fact that Tommy Nelson and Doug spoke about it, that our churches are biblically illiterate. They're not Bereans. They're, they're not examining the scriptures for themselves. They are spoon-fed believers, and uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of people feel uh, ill-equipped to disciple um, but I think an important aspect of discipleship is uh, discipling your children and growing them up into uh, a faithful uh, life, living faithfully. And that's something that clearly, you know, as that study shows that we're not doing a good job of. So, you know, be fruitful and multiply and disciple your children uh, unto the Lord. All right. We are uh, going to be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening online around the country or wherever you are listening around the world. Also here in Jacksonville, 91.7 and 91.9 in St. Augustine and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. SWAT Radio, that is Ren Collective with Rescuer. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60 this week. We are talking about the stoning of Stephen. We have, uh, we're continuing our look at Acts. Last week we talked about Stephen's defense against the charges, the four charges that were 
leveled against him. And this week we are talking about uh, his last moments and his stoning. I'll go ahead and read the passage, and then we will get into it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed unto heaven and saw the glory of God and and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, excuse me, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know, the uh, we kind of jumped into this yesterday, and uh, we'll spend the rest of today and tomorrow kind of unpacking a lot of that. I feel like it's it's interesting as you look at that, um, we were just talking about George Floyd. We were just talking about the news that we just heard and, and just how crazy, how upside down a lot of what we see is in the world today. And yet right here, what's happening, what happens when we share the gospel? The, the, I was sharing with somebody over the weekend. We got, we got on the discussion of churches, as a matter of fact. It was my next-door neighbor. It was a great conversation. And uh, he was talking about his frustration in the churches is that they're so seeker-sensitive. They're so mm. seeker-friendly. And, uh, and, and kind of not to go back uh, and unpack what you and I were discussing in the first couple of segments, but um, the reality is so much of the churches are not speaking the gospel because the gospel in and of itself is offensive to people. And, and look at how they responded. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, that is Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, saw the glory of God, Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So all this stuff is just, again, fueling this whole hatred that people have of the gospel that how could this possibly be? This is outrageous. They're gnashing their teeth. They're enraged. They're charging Stephen. And and the reality is, Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. And how are we going to respond? Number one, will we first be as Stephen did? Where Will we a, be a bold witness? Will we be a biblical witness? Will we be a faithful witness? Because if we are bold, if we are biblically bold, and if we are faithful witnesses, there's a high probability that we're going to experience some level of persecution. We're going to experience some level of an outrage against what we have to say. Don't, do you agree with that or disagree? What, what is your, what's your feeling on that? Oh, yeah, no, 100%, um, especially like we talk about in the times that we are living in now, that is much more the case. And it's even the case that you will face uh, those type of responses from people who claim to be in the church, claim to be of the body of Christ. You know, it, it's, it's just uh, it's a sad thing to say, but it is the truth that um, many people have walked away. But if you are going to live fully surrendered to Jesus, you're going to be an enemy and 
that might mean that you're an enemy to people who uh, play church but aren't true, truly devoted to Christ. Right, right. And that's that's really kind of what we're going to get to is that, you know, being fully surrendered to Christ, you are just as it is an enemy of the world. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not to be conformed to the world. We're to be transformed by the Spirit of God, yeah. by the Word. And as we are being transformed, we're gonna we're not gonna look like the world. We're not gonna sound like the world. We're not gonna speak the, like, like the world. We're not gonna think like the world. Why are we in the case we're in? When we you you read what you read during the last segment about evangelicals aren't supporting Israel? It's good they're they're being conformed to the world. Mm-hmm. They're they're being told what to think. They are not surrendering their heart, their soul, their mind to the gospel and don't let's don't be surprised when those who claim to be evangelicals are not in line with what the scriptures tell us they are friends of the world and uh friendship with the world is is you know pretty clear in scripture you know um what is it what does james four say uh let's see it says that um you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? He goes on, he says, Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Mm. So if we're going to follow God, we're going to follow his word, we're going to be obedient to it, we are automatically going to become enemies of the world. But if we're going to befriend the world, we're going to be an enemy of God. And boy, don't that's that's... That's rough ground right there. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and I, I mean, you know, just how you were talking about uh, you, the conversation you and your neighbor had about, you know, the church being too uh, seeker sensitive or what have you. That's kind of an indictment on the church if it's trying to conform too much to the ways of the world in order to bring people. You're actually being an enemy um, to what you say you're standing for. Well, absolutely. I mean, think about what, what is the purpose of the church people don't like it when i say this uh, but i'm not saying anything original the church is not for lost people hello i mean I, i know that's so foreign in our culture because we would much rather just invite somebody to church than to go share the gospel with them ourselves now it doesn't mean that lost people don't come into the church our our Let's be honest, our churches are probably full of lost people mm. who think they may be saved. Jesus said in Matthew 7, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and he's going to tell them, hey, depart from me, I never knew you. Now, that's a, that's a sobering text. Yeah. But the reality is we ought to be reaching people with the gospel. But understand that in doing that, we are not lining up with the world. We're lining up with what God has called us to do because we are ambassadors and as an ambassador we are to bring reconciliation to lost people you think about the priest in the old testament what, what was the role of the priest in the old testament to intercede for the on behalf of the people yeah yeah it's 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 to bring reconciliation and uh you know i think that uh, most people think they're already reconciled with god because they they view reconciliation as, you know, balancing your checkbook. 
Mm. Well, I'm just kind of balancing. You know, if I have enough good mm. and, and, you know, I don't have a whole lot of bad, I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape. And, and we don't want to show them that the wages of sin is death. You know? Yeah, because well, we don't want to offend them. Yeah, we like don't want to offend saying, them. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm, I'm more interested in you being my friend than you being a friend of God's. I, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Exactly. Realizing you're a wretched sinner on your way to hell, oh, that, that oh, might not make you feel so great about that's yourself. That's offensive. Right? Yeah. Man, I, I'm a snowflake. I mean, <laughs> let's listen, if we're spiritual warriors advancing truth, the truth of the matter is found in Scripture, which tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. No one is good. No, not one. No, not your neighbor down the street who's a sweet lady who, you know, brings cookies down to the neighbors who just moved down moved in. That's an awesome thing. But if she's without Christ, she's an enemy of God. If she's without Christ, she is a friend of the world. And boy, that's that's gonna that's gonna bring some stones, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You're gonna you're gonna have some stones to deal with. And they're gonna be flying at your head. <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> much like uh, much like Stephen here in this verse, and you know, like you were talking about with um, the response that uh, that the the priests that the Sanhedrin gave to Stephen and him indicting them really and and bringing them face to face with their sin, their response was to to gnash their teeth, to stop their ears. You're either going to experience when you tell someone the truth, uh, someone whose heart turns to repentance, or someone who heart turns to stone and, and responds with anger. And so that's what we're seeing here. But that, that shouldn't be something that surprises us when we experience it. Now, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you, you got to be led by the Spirit in the way that you respond with people and not to just man, beat them over the head with a stick of your own. But you, when you present them with the truth, no matter how lovingly you do it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cut, like, like I said yesterday. Hey, let me ask you, uh, Taylor, if, if you were to take um, a, a 15-year-old, never played football before, but he wants to play, I think one of the, the important things you probably should do is let him know that when you get hit, it hurts, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you, don't, if you tell him it doesn't hurt, you're not doing him right. Yeah. He's, you know, he's, the reality is, if you want to follow Christ, listen, it's awesome. It is awesome. We experience a joy and a peace that surpasses all understanding in the midst of hardships and trials. God equips us to do the ministry of the gospel. We are not, we are not in and of ourselves prepared to do that work. And there's great, uh, there's great joy that comes from that. But when we advance truth, the gospel truth, we're going to experience some, some persecution. Some of it may be big. Some of it may be not be that big. Some of it may be like, like Stephen. Listen to this. Uh, this comes from Luke chapter 13, verse 22. He went on his way through towns and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, will those who are saved be few? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able when once the master of the house has risen and shut the door and you begin to stand outside and the knock, and, and the knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you. I do not know where you come from. Listen, the door is narrow. The way is narrow. Few 
far that find it. Yeah. We're up against the break. Stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I'll never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me that is Freedom Hymn by Austin French. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60 this week. Uh, Doug is out for the week. We are joined by Brad Sykes in the studio. So happy to have him in here. Uh, like I said, 54 through 60, this is dealing with the martyrdom of Stephen. If you have any questions or would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, Steve, uh, Taylor, we looked at 54, which says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged. These are the, these are the spiritual leaders of, of their day. And, and what is what are these things he's talking about? Well, if you go back to 51, he says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit, and your fathers did so, so do you. These are the spiritual leaders, but it doesn't have to be spiritual leaders. You know, when grace is rejected, there is nothing but judgment. And it, it doesn't produce repentance. And at some point, you can, you have a testimony of your own. I have a testimony of my own. That when God softened my heart, he opened my eyes. He gave me ears to hear the gospel. My heart was ready to respond to the gospel. And the first response to the gospel is repentance. And when we're presented with the gospel, when we present the gospel, that should be what comes out. It's repentance. But that's not the case here. You know, they are outraged. It kind of as if we would we would term it kind of how dare you say that to me. Do you know who I am? <laughs> you ever you ever you ever think about it like that? You know, somebody runs you off the road, you want to go, Hey, do you know who I am? 
you know, it, 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 it's just in our, it's instinctive in our nature that when somebody offends us, we want to kind of correct them and tell them, hey, do you know who I am? And the reality is who, when the gospel takes root, when we hear the gospel, God softens our heart. It's always talk about preparing our hearts till the soil of our hearts so that the seed of the gospel, when it, when it, you know, is planted, it, it actually has soil that can germinate that seed and, and it's receptive to the seed. But the reality is as we go out and share the gospel, the seed that gets sown into the hearts of people all around us, much of that seed's going to be hard. It's going to be hard soil. It's not going to be receptive to that. So back to my analogy of taking that kid out on the football field, probably important that you let them know that, hey, when you step on that field, <clears throat> there's a high likelihood you're going to get hit, and it's going to hurt. And yet when we talk to people in the church, we, we want to we just throw this comfortable blanket of Jesus on them and go, your life's going to be great. No, it's not. It's going to be hard. You're going to have to pick up your cross daily. It's going to be tough. And I, I think we've had an easy road up till now. Yeah. I think in our culture today, you go out and t- start doing what Stephen was doing, go, go call a few people stiff-necked <laughs> and see how they respond to it. And, and the reality is <clears throat> they've got two choices. They're going to either admit they were wrong about Jesus or they're going to kill us. Now, they may not physically kill us. We're not there yet, I don't think, in America, although I'm not sure we're that far off. <laughs> um, you know, they're, they're either going to acknowledge that they were wrong about who they knew, knew Jesus to be or they're going to kill us, kill us with their words, whatever that might be. And so, I mean, Herod killed John the Baptist. The Jewish leaders killed Jesus. These same leaders killed, killed Stephen because why? Because their sin was exposed. And that's what the gospel does. The gospel sheds light into the dark crevices of our heart, and it exposes our sin. Now, how you respond to that, it should, it's either going to be, I'm, I'm going to repent, or I'm going to be outraged like they were. Yeah, or I'm going to kill that truth that I just heard and bury it, crush it, so that it doesn't penetrate into my soul, right? Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, and part of the reason why uh, that people would respond that way is because it is a disruptive message. You know, it is a threat to, you know, the powers that be because you're, if you uh, surrender to what the gospel is, you're going to have a new king. And that's going to require different things than what uh, would be required of you if you were living in, you know, just the world. Right. Well, you, you either are a child of God or you're a child of Satan. I hate to put it that way, but that's the facts. Mm. You can go back to Genesis and the garden. What did, what did, what did the serpent say? Did God really say that? Okay. So when we speak, when we are warriors advancing truth, understand that as we advance the truth of the gospel, the enemy is, is at work. The enemy doesn't want that person to hear the truth. And what he's going to put that little seed of doubt in the hearer of the gospel truth to say, eh, God didn't really say that. What, what do we hear in our culture today? That's not the God, that's not the God I know. Mm. 
the God I know is a loving God. Yeah. I, you know, I, or they'll say, uh, you know, I refuse to believe that a good loving God would send, you know, this XYZ person to hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's fair. That's when I say, you don't want fair. Yeah. Cause you know, if, if, if God's going to be fair, we're both going to be destined for hell and we're all going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, really that is an arrogant statement and, that, and that's why yeah. you are an enemy to them because in that statement you are saying, you know, I know better than God. Yeah. And in, yeah. in fact, you're insinuating yeah. maybe I should be the one calling the shots. Maybe I should be the ruler. And then what are you doing? You're, you're a witness to the true ruler, right? You're a witness to the true king of the universe. And that threatens, you know, someone's fragile ego. And, and that makes you an enemy unless they are willing to die to themselves, right? Yeah. And, and, and turn and repent to lay down their arms and, well, pick up new arms, but now facing the enemy. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it, I think that's one of the, the great challenges we have in reaching lost people is we've forgotten there's an enemy. You don't only have a message. You don't only have a new king, but you have a new opponent, <laughs> you know, and he's really not your opponent. He's Christ's opponent, mm-hmm. which Christ crushes the head at some point, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and this is, this is not a, a, a kind of an idea that's popular that, you know, God has a, a great plan for your life. But Satan has a plan also, and you better understand that there's a battle waging. And uh, if you don't understand how the enemy works, uh, you're not ready. You're not prepared to go into battle. Yeah, and you know, I think that the Christian worldview, the Christian mindset is something that has failed to be taught for generations, right? But the, the reality is it is actually a compelling uh, vision of reality. The, the, the actual reality is really compelling, what the Bible says is there's a mission, right? You are a child of the king if you submit to Christ's authority. And there is something for you to do. There's an enemy to fight. There's an enemy that you get to help uh, overcome. Well, Christ overcomes, obviously, but we get to help in the battle by uh, presenting the gospel. And for a young man, well, hey, there's a battle to fight. There's a cause to live for. Mm-hmm. There's a good king to uh, rule er, to uh, rule over you. Um, that that's something that if you really talk about the story, you talk about what reality is really like. That's something that should compel, especially to a young man. But instead, what we're seeing is, oh, hey, there's no real battle. You know, let's just be nice, and no, everything will be so great and grand. Uh, that's something that to the heart of a man is okay i i I don't really you know that that doesn't really speak and so you're starting to see a lot of people step away from the church because they don't realize that there's a battle at hand and they're needed the strength of a man is needed for the battle and we don't talk about that as a church couldn't couldn't have said that any better i i agree i mean making disciples is about uh, equipping the saints. It's about equipping the warriors. Yeah, it's training for in, war. In yeah, battle. yeah. Hey, if you're still here, you're drawing breath on this earth. God's not done with you. If God's not done with you, then what is he up to? What he's up to is, is equipping you for the battle ahead. And, and how cool is that, that we get to be on that winning team? How, how would you like to have been on a team that you knew was going to win? 
<laughs> I mean, you sign me up. Yeah. And, and, and you're not going to ride the bench on that team. Yeah, you you, you're chomping the bit to get on the field. Yeah. You, if you, you know, to bring up football again, you, you, every week when you finish the game on Saturday or Friday, whenever you finish that game, the very next day you're watching film. You're not just watching film of your, yourself. You're watching film of the opponent so that you know how they work. We are completely blindsided when the enemy strikes, and we're like, where'd that come from? Hello? Look at your scripture. Look at the scripture. And I don't want to leave today without kind of touching on this. A man who's fully surrendered to Christ is not only an enemy of the world, but he's a witness for his king. And, I mean, Stephen, what a what a cool opportunity. that in the, I'll often read that text, and I see this joy over Stephen. We don't see it. <laughs> It's like if there was a coloring book here, I'd be drawing a smile on Stephen's face. Because I think God, Jesus grants him access to see heaven. And and I think there's a joy that comes over him that we can't even comprehend at this point. And uh, he becomes a witness for his king. So oftentimes when we're threatened, boy, that flesh likes to rear up. And yet that's not Stephen. He says... Forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Are, are we grant? Are we asking God to forgive those who are offending us, who are attacking us, who are threatening us? Probably not. Yeah, and I think that's a good place to leave it off, and that's uh, all the time we have, so that's perfect timing, right? Um, if you would like to listen to more, if you missed this program or would like to listen to past programs, you can go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening 